Hey folks, welcome to Jet Cetera. It's the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about the Jets, sports, and etc. I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined as usual by our sports columnist Mike McIntyre. Mike, how are you today? Doing well, Steve. You uh, I just noticed something in your office here. You moved your succulent. Why is it in a different spot? Um, okay, so the, with the sunlight, maybe? Yeah, so the, the flowers that keep sprouting. See these things here? Yep. These are flowers, right? Okay, so um, they keep, uh, they grow and then they're falling. So I'm not, I, I, I don't think it likes the spot there. <laughs> it could be because it's kind of cool on the window and then yet the vent there is warm. So right. I'm, the first thing you do with a plant when it's not doing well, in my experience, is you find it might not like its spot. Yeah. Okay. You rehome it. I don't overwater it because that's not something I do. Um, and I don't. I, I know how to water a plant. Um, I got a pretty good green thumb, so I'm just going to move it over here. I kind of like it here, anyways. This is where I originally had it, and now it's. I don't know. I just like saying the word succulent. Succulent. Yeah. Yeah. Just surprises you know that's a succulent. <laughs> I I don't know. Many flowers or plants, but I did recognize a succulent. I'll have to find it. out exactly what kind of succulent it is from the person who gave it to me, and then we'll report that back to you <laughs> on episode 77 of this Jet Setra podcast. Uh, which, okay, so we're on episode 76, Mike. It's the Bud Grant episode. Oh. I know. Well, that's uh, I get this. Legendary episode. I know. So get this. According to the interweb, the legendary Bombers and Minnesota Vikings coach wore numbers 76 and 78 when he played for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But get this uh, 2.0, until this morning, I had no idea that Bud Grant even played for the Bombers. I knew he coached You just them. thought he coached. Yeah, well, I how didn't long know he played. How long did he play for them? Okay, like well, one year? I'm, I'm glad you asked, Mike. Yeah. He played for the Bombers. From 1953 to 1956, 1953, 54, 55, 56 seasons. And um, he was named a Western Conference All-Star three wow. times. He led the conference in pass receptions three times, receiving yards twice. And I guess he played some defense too because he holds the distinction of having five interceptions in a playoff game played on October 28th, One game? Yeah, it's still a CFL record. That's crazy. I think so. Okay, okay, so here's some more about Bud Grant that I did not know. I thought he just coached the Bombers and then he coached the Vikings. Get this. He would initially played two seasons in the NBA. Yeah, after being drafted by both the Philadelphia Eagles in the first round and the Minneapolis Lakers in the fourth round, right. I think. Okay, yeah. So he played two seasons in the NBA. Um he did okay. He won a championship with the Lakers in 1950. The Minneapolis Lakers won wow. the championship in 1950. They later became the L.A. Lakers, of course. So then he decided to play for uh, – he decided to go to the NFL, played two seasons for the Eagles. And um, in 1952, he was second in the NFL in receiving yardage with 997 yards, 56 catches, and seven touchdowns. And the Eagles wouldn't give him a raise. <laughs> so – Back in those days, guys actually left the NFL for more money in the CFL. That's incredible. I know, right? Wow. I, and I'd heard, I've heard stories like, I thought it was a myth, but this is what he did. He played out his option, according to the Wikipedia. He was the first professional player to ever play out his option and leave for another team, and he went to the Bombers. I wonder, is he the only player to ever play in the NBA and NFL. I have and to, CFL. And I have to think, well, that's probably got to be a that's list of be, one. Right? But even just an, 
Like, uh, there's probably guys that have played in the NBA. We've seen multi-sport like Bo Jackson. Baseball and football. Played yeah. football. But I don't, I've never heard of a basketball slash I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to do some player. investigating That's incredible. That. But, but hey, NBA, NFL, CFL. Right. That like trio, that's, that's, come on. And then, and then coaches and then coach too. Where, and the coaching is where he's kind of truly legendary, well, yeah, right? For, well, yeah. But yeah, yeah, for his sure. athletic background Here, is incredible. I know. Wow. I know. That's probably, folks, I hate to say it, that's probably the most interesting thing you're going to hear on this podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> that's he, a tough he, act to follow. He coached 10 years for the Bombers, and he took them to the Grey Cup six times, won four times. The last win was in 1962, and the Bombers then didn't win another Grey Cup until 1984. That was the first drought. <laughs> and it was a long one. Yeah. Not as long, not as, as, long as the second one. Bombers are known for droughts, but probably not this year. Anyways, let's get on to the podcast, Mike. Today we're going to chat about the Jets getting their training camp and preseason underway, including the first game with a full crowd in 18 months at the downtown rink on Sunday night. We'll talk about those Bombers, 6-1. and one, They're returning to the field after their bye week, and they look like favorites to repeat as cup champs. Chat a little about chat, 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 chat. Easy to, for it's you a, to say. It's a skip in the record there. If any, I'm sure some folks still know what a record is. They made a comeback. The Jays are heading into the final week of the season. Oh, They're one game week. back in the AL wild, wild card race. And of course, we'll talk about vacation plans because Mike McIntyre is off to the Big Apple this week. Can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited for you, Mike. Mm-hmm. I want to hear all about it. You will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it could we could stop him eh, right exactly. yeah, yeah yeah like if we said ah mike we don't want to hear about that yeah. Anyways, yeah, well you're going to anyways all right on to the first period Bzzzt. opening preseason game sunday night mike mcintyre was at the what's it called now the canada, canada life, life center. center downtown rink first game with a full crowd actually it wasn't quite full it was fourteen thousand six hundred and change or something like that at the downtown uh, at the rink the jets lost in a sh- overtime three two to the Ottawa and a shootout they lost might be the first time too, yeah. a team's lost in both overtime so, and a shootout what'd you, what'd you think uh what'd you think of the what do you think what'd you think of the event never mind the game yeah there's some new bells and whistles uh on there's a lot of bells and play. whistles they're loud bells and loud whistles. I complained about it a little bit in my playbook yeah, this morning. It was loud. In I there. got an email from a, a friend of mine. She reads the, the, my playbook. Thank you. And uh, she said, you know, you're going to get some emails from people telling you that you're old, right? If yeah, like there was a little bit of a get off my lawn element to it. <laughs> it's you know, loud. It is Come loud. On. Um, I know people that wear earplugs to the game. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, anyways, children, from that. if you're bringing a young child, you might want to consider that as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they've added on ice projection. Uh, you said to me, what the heck is this? And I said, most rinks actually have been doing this. The I wasn't even looking at that. I was looking at the scoreboard. Yeah, when, but when it's I pretty cool. I didn't I, see anything think, on the ice. No, I missed that. Well, I sort of described it to you as they've turned the ice into like a like a TV screen. I thought you were talking about the scoreboard. Oh, no. So they're projecting like players faces and motion and everything on the uh, on the ice <coughs> on the ice it's I kind of that. cool it's like using it as like a theater like a projector all right uh and apparently it cost a hell of a lot of money a true north invested in it people something. like this stuff people like it it adds they, to yeah. the yeah okay. <laughs> um i mean i think at the end of the day people what they want to say oh you're getting a phone call uh the on ice product is obviously the most important thing but if you can add a little if you can add a little sizzle to the steak uh, then, you know, that, that keeps people, I guess, entertained. And 
Um, you know, game was what it was. It was sloppy and the Jets dressed. So I believe the Jets dressed. We were doing the count. Three of their top eight forwards and three, three of, of their, their top, top six, six defensemen yeah. and their backup goalie. And Ottawa. It took us about five minutes to get that math. Right. Pat, by the way, in the press box. Folks. Uh, and Ottawa dressed whatever it was they dressed. I mean, they're not a talent, you know, heavy team anyways. They've got a few Good they got players. some good young players. They do, and there was some guys that played the other day that. I'll actually tell you what, they don't up. quit on a single play. They that don't, team. and even they, in, they don't quit on a single play that Ottawa Senators. Well, team. if you're if you're trying to make the Ottawa Senators, you probably know the blueprint of what the coaches like, and yeah. you saw that with those guys on the ice the other day. That's why they won the game, even though it's a preseason game. Right. This is why they won the game. They did not, even when they got that five minute penalty against them for the cross check by that Ridley Greg guy. Yeah. Um. You know they they were they were just exerted themselves on the penalty kill and the Jets got, I think, two shots or something. Yeah, but. so, I mean, result, who cares? It's obviously more about different players. And, um, you know, the Jets will play five more preseason games. They're going to play another one Wednesday here in Winnipeg, and then they're going to go play a couple this weekend on the road. Then there's going to be cuts, Steve. The Jets will make a, a series of cuts after this weekend, and then they'll get down to very close to their final roster for the last two preseason games, which will be next week. And then, of course, it all starts for real the following week down in uh, in Southern California. Um, you know, camp's been interesting. They're doing some different things this year. Uh, the, the big change is that they're scrimmaging every day. Paul Maurice is trying to create game-like conditions as opposed to just doing drill after drill after drill. I think they're trying to get that. Why? Well, they're trying to, I think they want to hit the ground running. You know, I did a piece today that I didn't really realize how soft potentially the Jets' schedule is to start the year. Uh, of their first eight games this season, seven of them are against teams that Vegas has pegged to be 24th to 32nd, as in the bottom eight, the bottom third of the league. The Jets, seven of their first eight are against those teams. And it's almost as if Paul Maurice is trying to just get these guys as close to game ready, you know, for when the puck drops which probably isn't a bad strategy. You'd like to get off to a good start, and I think the schedule is there. Jets play Anaheim three times. I, I, in I would first. have thought they would have done that every year. Well, I found in the past. <laughs> I'm just, you know, yeah. I'm just saying, folks. Well, you <laughs> wouldn't think that have been a good idea last would. year too. Yeah. <laughs> Reinventing the wheel here. Anyways, <laughs> uh, but there's there's a more simulated game feel to it. And I think All the right. other thing Paul Maurice said is he wants to play his kids a little more in the preseason. So scrimmages mean that he can get his vets some more game-like situations. Okay. All right. Uh, and we've seen a bit of that. Like Brendan Dillon, new Jets defenseman, laid out Mark Shifley with a thunderous hit on one of the first shifts of the first scrimmage, which I was impressed by. I don't know if you want your number one center taking a huge body check from a teammate, but I like that, that that's kind of the bar that's been established. Like, hey, let's go here. Let's not kind of tiptoe into this. Let's get going. There's some job battles. I mean, Steve, the, the team's pretty much set, right? Like the six defensemen, the starting goalie. I think we know who all those guys are. There's a few job battles, the third line spot on right wing, and then the whole fourth line. And there's a bunch of guys kind of competing, but we know who the big stars and the drivers of this team are. And the whole point is let's yeah, we get know them right. 15 of 20 players right. type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some young kids, and I'm curious to see what the Jets do with their fourth line this year. They were did any of the young kids jump out to you on uh, Sunday? Uh, 
I, I mean, he's like, I didn't notice. I didn't notice. No, the one guy I noticed and actually Andrew Kopp yesterday signaled him out when asked sort of who's caught his eye. He's not a kid is Dominic Toninato who had a nice finish to the year last year with the Jets. He didn't get in until the end of the year. And then he scored a couple goals and he did something on Sunday. Well, I I just noticed him a little. I thought he was involved in the play a little bit more. Um, He can kill penalties. I noticed Ville Henela. But yeah, for the wrong reasons. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny, Steve. I was thinking this as I was driving in today. Like I noticed Eric Comrie. Yeah. <laughs> for the there, there's reasons. a lot of people that think, for instance, Vili Hainala should be in the Logan Stanley spot. That Vili, And it's funny. Look at how that game played out the other day. If there was a competition, and I don't think there was, Logan Stanley's in the top six to start. Vili is not. But look how that game played out. Uh, Vili Hainala got turnstiled by Ridley Gregg. You can only you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. He's right. a nineteen year old Western hockey right. player. Right. Good player, but he's nineteen. And yeah. anyways, then Vili Hanela got beat by Greg a second time for a breakaway that he had to take a penalty on. Correct, yeah. Uh Logan Stanley, meanwhile, uh was playing his aggressive self. He got into a bit of a fight in the third period because he just had enough of a guy kind of taking some liberty. Like those two guys, I'd say they separated themselves in a significant way and not in the way that the Hanela crowd would like. Um, so, yeah, it's again, you have to put too much stock into these games. Um, and the big thing is you don't want to get hurt, right? And the Jets had a couple scares the other day. Pierre-Luc Dubois ate a face full of stick from Mr. Greg. Uh, and then Nikolai Ehlers <laughs> looked like he yeah, was dead. Yeah, sure. And then made a miraculous recovery, uh, his first of many this season. Okay, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Cetera podcast. Uh, Mike, a couple episodes ago, uh, we chatted on this uh, a podcast about some of the key storylines going into the season. And um, I had said at that time that I thought one of the most important parts of the season would be how the, the team's centers yes. uh, played. And then you said something uh, interesting that you thought w- 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 perhaps one of the most biggest question marks for the season was how the Jets were going to stack up at backup goaltender. Um, and I was like, okay, whatever, right? Yeah. You know what I mean, and then, but, you know, on second thought, thinking about it, I mean, those are, you know, 20 games potentially that you, you hopefully maybe win 10 of them anyways, right? You know what I mean? And, and so then, but then watching the game on Sunday night and seeing how Comrie played, um, he wasn't good. I, I no. didn't think he was good at all. His angles were really off. Like he just, he wasn't positioned properly. I mean, it's the first game. I hopefully he'd be better. It, it he's not been a, he's not sure. How old is he now? 26, 26 or so. Yeah. 4.07 goals against yeah. in the NHL. I hear over he's nine a games. really, really, really nice fellow. They bring him back here. They continue they to love bring him. him back here. They love him here. And they all want that. him to succeed. But can the guy play? Right. I mean, nice guys. What's the saying? Nice, nice guys, finish nice guys last. finished last. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm crazy about that saying. But it, but during and this is this is dumb. I mentioned it. it maybe it's not dumb. But uh, during the warm up, I was watching that Macau Berdine, and yeah. he was sharp, man, in the warm up. He's now, fun to watch. Yeah, it's just like he was just he was he was really fun to watch. Yeah, so, he's, is he, he the future? He, How old is he? Twenty two. Oh, he's like twenty two. He's the yeah. future for sure. Yeah. He's the he's the number two, maybe as early as next year. But next year, well, How and, about next and month? I guess if think right, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, you know, it was interesting. I was looking at those Vegas odds makers predictions of points yesterday. The Jets are right there. Other than Colorado, which is kind of seen as like 
the leader of the pack and probably yeah, they got goaltending. We'll they see do. what happens with them. I'm not sold on Colorado. But the Jets are kind we'll of see. in the Jets are they in still like have a, Nazem Kadri, eh? Yeah. <laughs> you know he's going to do something <laughs> stupid. The Jets uh, are kind of in a pack of like five teams all separated by a couple points. Yeah. And, and when you think about that, Steve, like if that's really how it plays out that that a few points might make the difference between mm-hmm. like second mm-hmm. and sixth. Mm-hmm. Um, those are games that, you know, that every game is going to matter. And, and so a couple things about Comrie, you know, you say, well, you got Connor Hellebuck, he's going to play a lot and sure he will play a lot. What? 65 games, I guess. Right. I'd say at least, but what if he gets hurt? Yeah. And the other thing that I, I think can't be discounted, Steve, is, well, most of the league is going to get a nice three-week break in February to just go to a right. beach. Right. Connor Hellebuck's going to be playing the highest stakes hockey of his career. The world will be watching as he's the starting goalie, likely, for the Americans. Oh, and it's in Beijing, not exactly just down the street. He's going to be in Beijing for almost three weeks continuing to play hockey so how much of that do you factor into his overall workload and the one thing you don't want with Connor Hellebuck if the Jets think we're going to go a long way this year you do not want him running out of gas didn't he kind of run out of gas don't you think in the Western Conference final in 2018 yeah Marc-Andre Fleury outplayed him right yeah for sure yeah Fleury had a a playoff series to remember so back to Berdeen for a second I don't know a lot about him. I, I've read, you know, what you guys have written about him. He's a big personality and flamboyant and all it's that. A third or, defenseman too back there, right? Is, is so is he is he a legitimate NHL goalie? Though? I think he's like, a little too streaky right now. From what I and I've seen him play at the HLL, like he'll have games where he looks like he's arrived, but then he has times where he's kind of just all over the place and like I think. He's probably got to develop a little more consistency. He's got to maybe get that mental resolve, kind of what it's like to be a, a guy that you're leaned on heavily. And so I know just talking to some people in the organization, like they want him to play a million games for the Moose this year and they're going to ride him and give him. I just don't know that he's necessarily cut out at this point at his young age with his experience to be a guy that only gets the net every three weeks kind of right, thing. Okay. And it needs to be really good for right. that one game. Like that's a hard job, but, but right? Okay. But worst case scenario, Connor Hellebuck gets injured though. Would he be able to just be the number one goalie? Yeah. Well, if he's the guy that's playing consistently and Comrie's just kind of sitting. Right. And if he's playing well, absolutely. Right. Uh, you, I could see a situation like that. And then the other thing, and Kevin, we asked Kevin Shoveldayoff last week, Steve, like, Connor Hellebuck revealed that a month ago he got COVID and we know there's been some, he says he's a hundred percent fine, but he didn't sound a hundred percent fine when he talked, he said he could barely get up off the couch for a few days. That was a month ago. Right. And it affected kind of his prep. Like most guys are gearing up right for the season. So I think my, my understanding is he's going to get the game tomorrow night, the the preseason game for the Jets, and then he's probably not playing the two games this weekend on the road. And then I guess they'll probably give him the net maybe the last two preseason. But I'd, I'd be a little concerned that this is a guy who for the last month, his training's kind of been thrown out of whack. And my goodness, like you're kind of going into this year without a safety net. They've spent all this money 
all their forwards. They've improved the blue line. There's not much of a safety net in goal. And you'd hate to have a season unravel because you kind of had to go on the cheap yeah, on the you, backup you, you, goalie. You probably have to go out and you find would. somebody. Yeah, Either I mean, by trade or yeah, there yeah. are some veteran guys out there yeah. that don't have teams right now right. that are probably waiting for. So, yeah, I would... I would put Eric Comrie's name in pencil, not permanent ink, as that backup goalie. And for sure, there's going to be a lot of focus on him early in the year. This first couple starts, like, <laughs> they better be pretty good or else there's going to be some angst around here. Two guys' names who are not in pencil, they're in definite ink on the lineup, would be Mark Shifley and Pierre-Luc Dubois as the team's one and two centers. Well, Shifley is number one center for sure. Dubois, I mean, you never know. Right. I mean, he did get moved out of that position. He'll be times. number one center for game one, Steve, because Shifley's not playing be. game one. So, so he scored the first goal for the Jets of the season and the preseason and um, and looked uh, said more engaged in, in the game on Sunday. And then You and I liked one thing he did, right? We were sitting beside each other in the press box where he didn't score, but he made that really strong, hard kind of cut to the net. Yeah. And we both said, like... That's impressive, and he had and a he couple of, to, and he had a couple of really really good shots on the right. goal too. The, when to when do he that didn't more, score, yeah. Sure. So I, I thought he was, uh, he he did have one defensive lapse, but um, um, but in general, I, I just thought he looked better. What do you think? Is he going to be any good this year? What's your gut feeling? Like yeah. my feeling is he's going to be good. No, I I yeah. agree. And again, it's hard to get a read off training camp and scrimmages when they've been out together and they have been out pretty much the whole training camp so far Nikolai Ehlers and Pierre-Luc Dubois seem to have something they've been dominating the scrimmages well Dubois can keep up with them he can yeah and there's a nice combination there I mean Dubois got the size and Ehlers you know is a wizard with the puck and so people I, shouldn't expect, Dubois doesn't use his size that way. He doesn't. He, he, people are anybody who's expecting him to be hitting people and banging people right. around. That's not the player he's going to be. But where he can use his size is what we just talked about. Like where he drives hard to yep. the net. It reminded me. I said this to you in the press box the other day. It reminded me of Blake Wheeler from like five or six years ago when Wheeler did that with regularity. Um, because he can be a handful if he if he does that he's hard for defensemen to handle and he's got to make it hard on them so yeah I mean and then it's interesting Steve that they have Andrew Kopp as the guy with Ehlers and Dubois not say Paul Stasny we we assumed Kopp was going to be with Lowry and as they usually are they actually have Stasny with Lowry kind of on that third line and they have cop. Up. I'm not sure what they're going to do with Stasny. Where, where is he going to play? Well, he's like, going to. I don't think he can keep up with. No, those. he can't keep up with. He's Wheeler's on the top the power play unit. Sure. With Wheeler and Connor and sure. Shifley. Okay. But I kind of like the idea of him with Lowry. Those are two really smart players, but not very quick, right? Mm-hmm. And depending who they put with Stasny and Lowry, like that could be a good third line mm-hmm. that has the ability to to. Produce some offense. Nah, Cop didn't look out of place with Dubois. And no, he didn't. No, and no. I'll say this about he Andrew. never looks out of place. He doesn't. No. And Andrew Cop, you will not find a more motivated player. I hate the term betting on myself, bet on, but he literally is betting on himself. He took a one-year deal that walks him straight to free agency next summer. If he could parlay this season into another good statistical year, he's going to get paid by somebody next summer. And so there's a motivated player there in Andrew Kopp.
All right, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Setra podcast. Mike, the Bombers returned to the field yesterday. They had a week off. Um, some guys uh, went south and um, visited family, I guess. And One of them I, went to Pinawa? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Isn't that great? <laughs> it uh, is great. Nick Taylor, I think, is the guy. Right. Yeah, yeah and, and fabulous. I thought that was a pretty good – I guess he had some difficulty – pronouncing the Panawa. Right, Panawa. But um, <laughs> I love that. It was great. <laughs> it was good, tourism yeah. Manitoba should be all over that, right? <laughs> I know. Yeah. So yeah, some of the guys explored Manitoba. You know, I can relate. For uh, sure. We, You've been doing that for, been doing 18, that for two 14 years. years. Yeah, 14 years. Yeah. So um and by the way, I'll have a story about my trip to Gimli and Hecla in Saturday's uh, Winnipeg Free Press. So um the Bombers are six and one. They play NBC this week. Um should we pencil them in uh, for the West final here in early December, Mike? Um, yes. Yes? Okay. Um, I, I gonna, uh, BC's playing better. Right. They, they gave Saskatchewan all they could handle the last game. Saskatchewan got kind of got a little lucky. Um, sorry, Riders fans, and I was one of them as a boy. Um, so I mean, they've got a great quarterback. They've got some good players. They've got the best receiver in the league right now, Lucky Whitehead, who used to play for mm-hmm. the Bombers. Um, they're playing well. So I think this, you know, the Bombers are coming off a bye. Saskatchewan's at five and one, five and five two. and two, but the two are against, and they they weren't they really the, close. They got the t- well, yeah, they weren't. Second game they wasn't for sure. So we'll see. Um, I'm not. Um, I, I'd say in pencil, which yes. means, by the way, the Bombers own the tie. Like that's the season series. So Saskatchewan even tying Winnipeg, and there's only seven games left. That's there is like if the Bombers beat BC. Then, yeah, then get ready for the West final. For sure, yeah. If BC wins, sure. Now maybe we got a bit more of a race down the stretch. Right. <clears throat> but if the Bombers beat BC, they've now separated themselves. But the Riders and, had some injuries and stuff in those did. two games as well, and uh, Cody Fajardo did not play his best. But so, anyways, I'm not. I don't want to. Sounds like it. Andrew Harris is a question mark. For oh, I didn't this see week, that. I believe. I I don't know if it's a reaggravation of the earlier injury or something new, but I mean the Bombers. They won two games without Andrew Harris yeah. to start the year, right? <clears throat> so, although one of those was because... I'm still a little concerned about the offense. They, they've got such good players. I, I Okay, my concern actually is with the quarterback. And and that sounds odd because the script seems to be, or the narrative... Um, interesting. It's our night sports editor, Gilbert Gregory, calling. Oh, yeah. that can't be good. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to call him back, yeah. I guess. Sorry, Gilbert. <laughs> We're a little busy here, Gilbert. Yeah. So, um, so you're concerned with the quarterback. I just would like to see him protect the football a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You have the best defense by far in yeah. the league. I just don't think it's a good idea to be getting intercepted in the end zone, which he continues to, to do, and he's fumbled a couple of times. I'd like to see him protect the football a little bit better, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I still have the same concern with the kicking game, which is a yeah, nonstop storyline yeah. that yeah. hasn't hurt them kind of incredible just barely in i mean they're yeah. six and one and even if they had a really good kicker they'd still be six and one it's just they would have won those six games by more points than they did right they've left a lot I, of points I on the field they got, a, they got a little fortunate in the game against edmonton in the last win they were playing against a guy who was in his first start in the right, cfl yeah for sure they let the elks off the hook uh in the first half with some questionable decisions by zach Kalaros, and then but they won, but I thought they escaped a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like, 
think a lot of people think the Saskatchewan might be the next best team in the league. And again, the Bombers have kind of handled them. I, I look to the East a little bit. We saw the one loss was to the Argonauts. I, I don't think anybody's good in the East. They just don't yeah. I go to... I go back and forth a little bit with Toronto and Hamilton. Like, are they good? Are oh, they... Montreal should be better. I'm not sure what's going on with Montreal. They, yeah. they clearly, in my mind, have the best quarterback in the East, like the right. Vernon Adams Jr. They'll be okay by the end because I believe I they play Ottawa four times. The Bombers play Ottawa's awful. Yeah, I think Paul Lapolice is regretting. Like, well, I, I'm not, not sure what he's doing at quarterback with Matt Nichols and Dominic oh. Davis. Both those guys have proven they can't play in this league anymore. One guy has proven he's never been able to play in the league. Dom, I'm not sure why Dominic Davis is still in the league. Yeah, the he's, Ottawa's they're the free space on the bingo card, yeah. and Montreal I think gets to play him four times. So. Uh, whereas a team like Winnipeg doesn't play them at all. But again, I don't think that's going to matter. Um, yeah, West Final here in, what, what would it be, like December early 5th? De- early December. Be, it's going to be pretty cold. Well, yeah. Although maybe not. We're, look at the, the forecast here for the next couple of weeks. Like, it's going to be 30 degrees <laughs> yeah, the next it, couple it, days. It won't be 30 degrees no. in December, Mike. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that would, be, that would be unique to say the least. And then the Grey Cup, of course, one week later in Hamilton, uh, which also is probably not going to be probably. a picnic. Probably there is some. There's a little bit of talk that if they can't get Ontario to increase the um, crowd size right. at the Grey Cup in Ontario in in December, that which is lit, limited to fifteen thousand right yep. now, I believe, um, that they could possibly move the Grey Cup. Uh, speaking of Ontario, the Jays uh, open a huge series tonight. <laughs> against the New York Yankees. So going into the final week of the season here, the Jays are a game back with six games left. One um, back of Boston, one two back, back of, Boston. of New York. Yeah, and, they, and, and you know what? They really blew it. In my mind, if they don't make it, and I'm not sure they will now. Um, they have uh, to sweep New York. Well, they got to win at two least out of three two or three. Yeah. So, I mean, you went into, they went into Minnesota. They only won two or four. Yeah. And then they lost two of three to in Tampa. Tampa, which yeah. is, I mean, they went three and four last week. That hurts. They probably needed to go like five and two. Or yeah. Some of their hitters went really cold um, down the stretch uh, here. Um, they were really, really hot at the beginning of the month and then have gone a little bit cold. Yeah. Um, we'll see, though. It's, uh, uh, we'll see how things go. So um, I'm going their- to be. Uh, I'm going to be at Yankee Stadium on Friday night for what could be a massive game between the Yankees and the Tampa. Rays, who've already locked up the division, which you wonder, like going into that last weekend, does Tampa sit a bunch of their no, guys? No, I don't think so. They, they no, the integrity. I don't think that they yeah. would. Kevin Cash is not that kind of guy. Um, I think that Tampa played really, really hard just against the Jays here, and yeah, and they and they'll continue to play that way. They 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 they, I, they play the game the right way. The Jays Tampa have Rays, yeah. uh, Hinjen Ru, who's been terrible lately, unfortunately. He's coming back off the injured list. He starts tonight. Then they have uh, Barrios, who's been really good against Garrett Cole tomorrow. That'll be a great matchup. And then they have Robbie Ray, who's probably going to win the Cy Young going Thursday. So they have. I think Garrett Cole's going to win the Cy Young. Oh, you do? I do, yeah. I think Ray, the other than wins, Ray beats Cole in most it's close, statistical. Though. Yeah. It's, it's close. It is. And maybe how these. Games play out. The Jays rough Cole up, and then Ray has a good game, or vice versa. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, yeah. Uh, But yeah, the Jays, and and the other wild card here, Steve, is Boston, who's one game up on Toronto. They have a marshmallow schedule. They play Baltimore for three games, followed by Washington, who are also terrible. 
there's a good chance Boston could win out this week, which is why I think if the Jays are going to get into that wild card. Well, you could have said that about the Jays and they didn't beat the right. Minnesota Twins. Right? Uh, I mean, these other teams that are like these marshmallow teams or whatever, they are the they seem to be the harder ones yeah. at this time of the year because they play loose, they swing free. They're also playing some kids that have yep. had really good years in the yep. minors that are now trying to stake their claim for a yep. spot. Um, that being said, you'd say, well, Boston's the closer team. They're only one up on the Jays. It seems to me the New York might be the team that you're actually trying to pass here because you play them three times. Like you control your fate in the sense if the Jays were to sweep New York, well, now they now they're one up on New York going into the final series, which for no, Toronto I mean, is against yeah. Baltimore. I just so. think I think that New York's a better team than Boston. So yeah, um, and they proved that just recently. In they the did. Series. They just they swept, they swept them. them. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm not. Uh, Boston's kind of been doing it with smoke and mirrors a bit this year. Don't get me wrong; they have some good offensive players for sure. But um, I I'm I'm not sure. I, I don't see Boston sweeping out this, this yeah. week. So we'll that see sets up a really interesting week. I'd say the Jays probably have to win out of these six. How many do they have to win? Five? Uh, I think if they go five and five and one, then they'll be in. They're if in. they go four and two, they maybe. Yeah. But if but otherwise no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll find out soon. All right, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Setra podcast. Mike, you're off to New York City on Thursday, correct? Yes, one week uh, in the Big Apple. This is the third crack at this trip for our family. Right, you're finally. Have you been to New York before? I have. Oh, for work. I've been there once on a Jets trip, and my wife and I went like 20 years ago for a quick, like three day Valentine's Day thing. Oh, nice. So our kids have never been. Son's 20, daughter's 16. Son's a sports fanatic. Daughter is huge into Broadway. And so we're going to three Broadway shows. Uh, well, I'm going to one. My wife and daughter are going to all three. Uh, Wicked, Hamilton, and we're all going to see Aladdin next week, which which I've heard is a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to do a bunch of other stuff. World Trade Center Memorial. Speaking of the World Trade Center, I'm not sure if you've seen this, but on the weekend, I watched a really good movie on Netflix yes. called Worth. Did you see it? I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. You, really, you should watch yeah. it before you go if They'll you can. watch it on the plane. Can. So it's about how um, the special master for the compensation fund um, for 9-11 yeah. uh, victims uh, um, played out and how, this, how all this played out. It stars Michael Keaton and Stanley Tucci. Like, I got to tell you, man, Michael Keaton, he's so good in it, but he, he's been... Here's an actor who's who's just you know really evolved right over mm-hmm. the years, and so here's here's an interesting. The last time and the only time I was in New York City was it was my first honeymoon. Yes, and I've had more than one. <laughs> and no, I'm not currently married. <laughs> um, I was in New York City on that first honeymoon in 1989, and we went to see Michael Keaton in Batman. No way. Yeah, right on. Yeah, a lot of people pretty- say Michael Keaton was like. The best, Batman. oh, absolutely, yeah, not even close. Although Christian Bale, Christian uh, Bale was uh, the good. Dark yeah. Knight was really quite good, but in my mind, <laughs> yeah, like Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson in that movie, yeah, there or whatever. That that's that that was that was the best Batman movie in my mind. Um, I don't have any other real New York City stories from that trip. Part of it was just it was just a quick trip. Yeah, we were mostly going to upstate New York. We went to Saratoga Springs Racetrack. And saw Tom Petty in concert. Oh, um, at the racetrack? Uh, no, there's an amphitheater in <laughs> oh, Saratoga okay, yeah. Springs. 
um, that, uh, that a lot of concerts have been in. So, um, but the one thing I do remember about New York City, and I'll never forget, I, sh- I really should try to go again, was there was just this incredible energy there. And, and you felt it right away. That's there what just I this, love about just I love that buzz. big city vibe of um, hustling and bustling place like that. And it'll be a fun time to be back in New York because it's a city that never sleeps. Well, except it has <laughs> slept kind of a lot for it the last has. 18 months, right? Like Broadway just resumed two weeks ago. Um, New York's numbers are actually pretty good, but they were hit. They were decimated early. Like, remember all those stories early in the pandemic about like the, 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 the freezer trucks, like to put yeah, the there's bodies. A good, like, there's a good Spike Lee documentary on, yeah. uh, on, uh, on one of the, I mean, I think it's on Crave, Crave. and I watched a little Crave, bit of yeah. that too. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. So they were, they were hit hard, but they yeah. were kind of making this recovery now. So I'm actually going to write a travel story as well. Once we get back on just kind of New York, you know, coming awake again, um, so yeah, looking forward to showing the family around I, and the kids are very excited about it. And of course, traveling still, I mean, we're all fully vaxxed, but there's some challenges, including we have to get tested before we can go into the States and here in Manitoba, just for folks who are maybe planning travel, little FYI starting this week, breaking news. Yeah. The, they are not, you can't just go to like the, the drive through the walk up kind of places and get tested like you could in the past. And I, I can tell you that because we tried. We tried on Monday and we were told that starting this week, they're no longer covering the the cost of that testing, that the only way to get your pre-travel test is to do it privately. So our family, uh, because we're flying through Toronto, the Winnipeg airport, my understanding is they don't have anything set up yet to do testing but a lot of other Canadian airports like Toronto, Montreal, which is where I did mine when I was covering the Stanley Cup in the summer, uh, they have it set up. So we're going to be doing our our antigen test, which is what you need to get into the States. It's 60 bucks Canadian a person, so 240 for the That's not bad. It's not bad. It takes uh, 15 minutes. You get your results, so you do it right at the is gate. Is somebody there sticking the thing up your nose? There or is you somebody do it there. Yourself? No, no, somebody does it. Okay, good. And then they, I wouldn't uh, be able to do it myself. Oh, I had to do it myself on my and that was with somebody coaching me over a video link, yeah, and it was not a lot of fun. Uh, and then, of course, a part you, of the reason I don't want to travel right now is I don't want to th- stick that thing up my nose. <laughs> I mean, seriously, right. I just I did it once. Yeah. And it was like uh, it was kind of a novelty at the time. But <laughs> frankly, I'm just no interest in doing it again. And then, of course, you have to do a test. Uh, if you're in the States more than 72 hours, the test that gets you into the States no longer gets you. So back. you'll have to do one. We have to do a back. test in New York. How much is that going to cost you? Well, so uh, depending on where you're what city or state yeah, yeah. you're in, we found well, a you're place. In New York City, yeah. New York City, it's free. No. Yes. Wow. So I believe this is kind of a thing that they're doing because they're trying to get tourism back, right? Interesting. So my understanding is the state of New York is covering the, it's called a PCR test is what you need to go back. So we've got an appointment set up. I think it's two days before we leave New York, like early next week. Yeah to do our PCR test, which normally, Steve, I've looked around, they can cost you like 250 US and a family of four, like that would almost be a non-starter to go on a trip, right? Right. Fortunately, we found a place that's gonna do it for free. So the whole cost of testing both ways for us is just the 240 we're gonna pay to go down, not bad. Uh, But certainly if you're a frequent traveler, like let's say it's for business or like in our case, we're gonna be traveling for the Jets, 
these are things that have to be managed. You're going to get used to that thing sticking up your nose. I will. My, my nostrils are going to take a beating. My, my tummy just grumbled. It's getting towards lunchtime, I <laughs> guess. Or whatever. So what's the one food thing you're looking forward to in New York City? Hot nuts on the street. Hot nuts on the street. That's <laughs> not the answer I would have no, anticipated. No, I mean, pizza. I love, I'm a, I like pizza. There's gotta, a lot what of about a deli? Can I go to a deli? Oh, deli, absolutely. I, I'm a soup guy. I could eat soup three times a day. Okay. So I'm, I love matzo okay, ball Okay, the soup. big question is, are you going to throw out this calorie counting yeah. thing for oh, 10 yeah. days? I yeah. am. You're just going to binge? I am. I mean, we're going to walk a lot. So, but yeah, I'm, I am going to just throw out Good the Weight you. Watcher Good thing and I'm going to indulge for sure. Yeah, I'm all for gaining five pounds on vacation. I'll take five pounds. <laughs> I'll take the over. We'll, we'll see if I can hit the the under or the over. I had, a, th- I had a four-day vacation recently. I went to Gimli and Hecla. Yeah. I've mentioned that already, and I can, you can read about it in this Saturday's Winnipeg Free Press. I think I gave five pounds on that because the butter tarts in Gimli are amazing. And the thing that alarms me, Steve, is you went and, you went on like two 100-kilometer bike rides, yeah, exactly. and you still gained I five still pounds. still gained five pounds. That's incredible. You can't outwork a bad diet. You cannot. <laughs> it's 90% that. Okay, so we should wrap it up. I have one. Final thing here, Mike. Yeah. This was super, well, it was interesting to me. I don't know how interesting it's going to be to anybody else, so I shouldn't say it's super interesting. Interesting. Anyways, I I Googled the Jet Cetra podcast. Did you know there's a band called the Jet Cetra? We should get them to like record. A band. They're a five-piece indie rock band from Clang Valley. Now, do you know where Clang Valley is? I have is? no idea where Clang Valley, but Me it sounds neither. like a great place to produce a musician. It's an urban conglomeration in Malaysia that is centered in Kuala Lumpur. Whatever the hell that means. I wonder if... An could, urban conglomeration. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. I don't a lot know. of fancy words. Maybe our crack producer, Jen, thinks she could... And she's got connections in the music industry. It could be our theme. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, we have this intro and extra, but certainly Jet Cetra could come up with something a little more hey, relevant. I, uh, Maybe I don't Jen know. could get on that. And uh, we, we can't pay too much of a licensing fee. Because we don't have any sponsors. Because we don't have any money. So we're not doing this next week, right? Right. But we'll do it uh, the week after, which maybe we're going to be doing it on the road because then the Jets start their season. We'll have to right. figure out so our schedule. Tuesday that they start the season? Is Wednesday. Right? Wednesday they start the season? I fly to Anaheim on the Tuesday. So we'll try to do it on the Thursday, I think. Right. We can do it the after road. the season opener. Well, and... we'll have lots to chat about then. We'll hear all about... Mike's going to bring slides. Yes. From his... PowerPoint. Trip, from his family vacation <laughs> to New York City, folks. <laughs> All right. Okay, have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather.